And I want to invite you to, to pick up a Bible if you need one from one of the tables in the back. Hay Biblias detrás. In just a moment, I'll tell you where we're going to be heading. But uh, before we do that, a couple things I want to mention. One is that next Sunday, we have a great opportunity uh, to serve and to give of ourselves out of gratitude. And it's through something we've come to call Love Your Neighbor Sunday. Tenemos un domingo, el próximo domingo, un domingo para amar al prójimo. It's something we do with a local ministry called Love in the Name of Christ. They are a great resource for uh, items for people in need. And we collaborate with them. And we're going to be heading out and going to different homes in our community. After worship, we'll have groups formed and uh, pickups and, and vehicles available to go to the Love in the Name of Christ warehouse to get mattresses, covers, pillows, all kinds of things. And then to go out to those homes to simply say, we're your neighbors, we love you, we're blessing you, we want you to receive this in the name of Jesus. Y queremos bendecir a nuestros prójimos en el nombre del Señor Jesús. You can be a part of that. It's easy. Uh, you can be a part of, of that by driving a vehicle. Some of you have already uh, offered your vehicles. Uh, you, can, um, you can lift stuff. If you've got any muscles and God's given you muscles, you can lift things on and off and into the homes. You can talk. You can greet the people. Pray for the people. Uh, uh, se ocupan muchos uh, puestos en este esfuerzo. Hasta los que pueden hablar español para interpretar. Si hay casas de los que hablan español, queremos personas que puedan interpretar al inglés para ayudarnos a comunicarnos. So there's lots of ways to do that. On the table in the back as well. And over here on this uh, table in the corner, there are some uh, clipboards. You can sign up. You can sign up to help with a vehicle, to just be a part of the team. We would love to have you be uh, in that effort. And the other thing I want to say, we're going to be coming to the Lord's table soon, and I want you to know this is a table for those who have professed their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and who are seeking to leave an old life of sin and to follow in a new life. And so we want to open that table to all who profess Jesus. Esta mesa es para todos los que profesan al Señor Jesucristo como Señor y Salvador, que quieren dejar una vieja vida del pecado para seguir en una nueva vida. So our text this morning, our scripture reading is taken from the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippian Christians. It's called Philippians, and it's chapter 3, verses 7 to 14. Vamos a leer Filipenses 3, del 7 al 14. And on the screen, those page numbers that are there are uh, from the Bibles in the back. We'll help you to find it. La página indica donde está el texto en las Biblias de atrás. I'm going to give you just a second to get there. We're in a series of messages talking about the va family values of sunrise. Estamos mirando los valores del amanecer. And these are the convictions, the biblical convictions that have formed the basis of our ministry now for 20 years. Las convicciones bíblicas de este ministerio durante 20 años. I'm going to read this first in Spanish. And so I want you to be looking in English. If you're reading in English, you, you can just wait a moment. I'll be reading that as well. Voy a leer primero en español y después en inglés. These are words from Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and therefore they are the word of God. Uh, esas son palabras de Pablo, la palabra de Dios. Pablo dice, sin embargo, todo aquello que para mí era ganancia, ahora lo considero pérdida por causa de Cristo. Es más, todo lo considero pérdida por razón del incomparable valor de conocer a Cristo Jesús, mi Señor. Por él lo he perdido todo y lo tengo por estiércol a fin de ganar a Cristo y encontrarme unido a Él. No quiero mi propia justicia que procede de la ley, sino la que se obtiene mediante la fe en Cristo, la justicia que procede de Dios basada en la fe. Lo he perdido todo a fin de conocer a Cristo 
experimentar el poder que se manifestó en su resurrección, participar en sus sufrimientos y llegar a ser semejante a él en su muerte. Así espero alcanzar la resurrección de entre los muertos. No es que ya lo haya conseguido todo o que ya sea perfecto, sin embargo, sigo adelante esperando alcanzar aquello para lo cual Cristo Jesús me alcanzó a mí. Hermanos, no pienso que yo mismo lo haya logrado ya, más bien una cosa hago, olvidando lo que queda atrás y esforzándome por alcanzar lo que está adelante, yo sigo avanzando hacia la meta para ganar el premio que Dios ofrece mediante su llamamiento celestial en Cristo Jesús. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So it was a little over three months ago, it was on November 17 of last year, that 26-year-old John Allen Chow was tragically killed. Hace tres meses se mató un muchacho, John Allen Chow, de 26 años. He died tragically. He died tragically when some hostile natives from the island of North Sentinel in the Indian Ocean attacked him with arrows as he attempted to share the message of Jesus with them. Uh, unos unos uh, indígenas lo atacaron con flechas mientras este intentaba predicar el mensaje de Jesús. Now, he had been warned. In fact, there were multiple warnings out there not to approach this dangerous, isolated tribe, but John Allen Chow ignored all of those warnings. Él ignoraba las advertencias de no acercarse a esta tribu aislada y peligrosa. He went ahead with his plan, and he paid with his life. Now, the local police called it a misplaced adventure. Fue una aventura descarriada, según la policía. Others in the media called it sheer foolishness. Otros decían que era necedad. And I have to confess myself, when I heard all about this, I thought my first instinct was to think, this guy was, you know, he was crazy. Pensaba que era loco. I want to tell you about somebody else. Her name is Rachel Gilson. Rachel Gilson was 16 years old when she began to experiment with sexual activity, first with boys and then later with women. A los 16 años, Rachel empezó a experimentar con el sexo con, uh, con muchachos y después con mujeres. 
As Rachel threw herself more and more into a life of wild parties and pleasure and everything that she wanted to do, uh, she became increasingly opposed to God and increasingly opposed to faith. Al dedicarse a las juergas se oponía cada vez más a Dios y a la fe. In fact, Rachel concluded and she believed that Christians were, quote, stupid and they were bigots. That was what she thought. Pensaba que los cristianos eran tontos y también intolerantes. But as Rachel got into her college years, uh, she found herself surprised by an increasing hunger and curiosity inside of her to get to know about this man named Jesus. Al entrar en la universidad tenía más curiosidad de Jesús. In fact, she was so curious and almost ashamed of her curiosity that Rachel actually stole a book from a friend, a book called Mere Christianity. And she began to read it. Robó un libro, Mero Cristianismo, de una amiga. Empezó a leerlo. And as she read it, and as she investigated more and more, strangely, oddly enough, Rachel came to believe in Jesus. And she accepted him as her Lord. Ella lo aceptó. And in spite of her attraction to other women, Rachel, of her own accord, voluntarily chose to leave that lifestyle out of love for Jesus. Ella voluntariamente dejó ese estilo de vida por amor a Jesús. And now, here's the thing, Rachel Gilson is now living a life that she once thought was stupid and bigoted. Ella ya vive una vida que pensaba, pensaba antes que era necio y también intolerante. So I want to ask you a question. What's going on here? Did Rachel Gilson lose her sanity? Did she lose her marbles? Es que ella perdió su sanidad. Did John Allen Chow lose his mind? What's up with that? Es que este hombre, John, perdió su mente? Not exactly. No es exactamente así. But according to the early church leader Paul in the scripture we've read today, People like John and Rachel and other believers through the centuries have indeed lost something. Si han perdido algo, según Pablo. And we must admit, losing is never easy. No es fácil perder las cosas. But here in Philippians chapter 3, if we just go a couple verses before what I read to you, here the early church leader Paul is talking about his own life and he's trotting out this pretty impressive list of all the things in his life that he had gained, all the things that had been put into his hands and all the things that he had grabbed onto in life. Pablo trae una lista de las cosas que había ganado en su vida. In Philippians 3, 5, he says, here's the deal. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law I was a Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. Fui circuncidado al octavo día del pueblo de Israel, de la tribu de Benjamín, hebreo de pura cepa, en cuanto a la interpretación de la ley, fariseo, en cuanto al celo, perseguidor de la iglesia, en cuanto a la justicia que la ley exige, intachable. In other words, Paul's saying, you know what, I had it all. I had the right pedigree. I was born into the people of God out of the most elite tribe out there, the tribe of Benjamin. My, my parents were, were pure Jews, a good Jews, Jew. Yo era hebreo de pura cepa, nacido de, de los eh, judíos. And not only did I have the right pedigree, I had power. 
I rose up in the ranks to become a Pharisee, one of the, you know, one of the SEAL Team 6 of, of God's religious leaders. Me dice fariseo con mucho poder. I had learning. I had, I had you know, prestige. Uh, not only did I have power and prestige, Paul says, I had passion. Because I was out there and I was kicking around those crazy Christians who were messing things up and, and, and I was after them. Tenía una, una pasión por, por matar y perseguir a los cristianos. And not only that, but I had near perfection. I was so good at keeping all the rules, I was nearly perfect. Llegué casi a la perfección en mi capacidad de mantener las reglas de mi fe. And yet in verse 7 he says, Whatever on that list was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Sin embargo, todo aquello que para mí era ganancia, ahora lo considero pérdida por causa de Cristo. What's more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. Es más, lo considero todo pérdida por razón del incomparable valor de conocer a Cristo Jesús, mi Señor. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Por él lo he perdido todo y lo tengo por estiércol a fin de ganar a Cristo. So get the picture here. It's like Paul has this giant scale or these balance, this giant balance es como una balanza gigante. And he says, on this side, I'm putting everything that I value. Everything in life that's precious and important to me. All of that stuff that I've just described that I had been given and that I've gained, it's all on this side. Él pone como todo en su vida que es importante y valioso en un lado de la balanza. And on this side, I have knowing Jesus who died and rose for me. And este lado es Jesús quien murió por mí. And when he weighs that stuff on the scales, his whole life, in comparison to knowing Jesus, there's no contest. Boom! Jesus is heavier. Jesus wins. He outweighs all of that stuff. Hands down. Jesús pesa más que esas cosas. In fact, Paul says, all of these wonderful things that I've got over here that anyone would die for, I'm telling you, it's like rubbish to me. Garbage, literally he's saying manure to me in comparison to the beauty of Christ. Es casi como manura estas cosas en comparación con Cristo. But what's, what's going on here? Is Paul crazy? Did Paul lose his marbles? Es que Pablo es loco? No. See, what he's expressing here is a conviction that we have come to define as sunrise family value number seven. Es el valor del amanecer número siete. And that value is this. Full devotion to Christ is normal for every believer. Un compromiso, compromiso completo con Cristo es normal para cada creyente. In fact, let's read that. Read that with me. Full devotion to Christ is normal for every believer. Un compromiso completo con Cristo es normal para cada creyente. What that is saying is that contrary to the popular conception out there, there are not two optional tracks in the Christian life. No hay como dos programas de la vida cristiana. A lot of people think that, okay, there's kind of two different tracks I can choose in the Christian life. 
And track number one is what we might call the average track or the normal track. El primer programa es como normal. And that's where I kind of go about my own business and I'm living my life and I'm doing my thing and I'm living for me and I'm living for my job and I'm living for my family and I'm living for what I like and it's all about that. But there's just a little bit of Jesus sprinkled on the top of that. I'm just seasoning that with just a little bit of Jesus. Estoy siguiendo mi camino, viviendo mi vida por mí, pero mi vida está sazonada un poquito de Jesús. That's track number one. And then there's track number two, which is kind of for the, well, you might call it the more extreme Christian, you know, the, the super Christians. Hay pista dos, camino dos que para el cristiano más experto. And that's the person that's living all out. That person has given everything over to Jesus, and their life is completely in his hands, and they're on this different track where everything's about Jesus, and they're living a Jesus-centered life. Y esas personas entregan todo al Señor y viven todo por él. Here's the deal. Track number one is not the Christian life. It's not. El primer programa no es la vida cristiana. There's only one track. There's only one program. It's track number two. Full devotion to Christ is normal for every believer. Un compromiso total es normal para cada and Paul tries to express this here in, in this scripture. He's uh, beginning in verse 10. He's talking about how I, I don't want a faith that is about what I've done. I don't want a faith or I don't want to be having a righteousness that comes from me. No quiero una justicia que viene de mí. That's on this side. He says, I want a righteousness that comes from Jesus. How do I get that? By faith. Quiero una justicia de Jesús que es por fe. And then he says this. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Quiero conocer a Cristo, experimentar el poder que se manifestó en su resurrección. I want Jesus, but in order to know Jesus in his resurrected new life, I need to know also his suffering. Becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Tengo que experimentar también sus sufrimientos, hacerme como él en su muerte, así para alcanzar la resurrección de los muertos. What Paul's expressing here is this, that the Christian life and faith in Christ is about being united to Jesus. It's about being tied to the experience of Jesus. Se trata de estar unido atado a la experiencia de Jesús. What did Jesus do? Jesus, Philippians chapter 2 tells us, was God Almighty. He had the whole universe in his hands. And yet, he did not consider, it says, equality with God something to hang on to. He let it go to the side. He gave it all up. And he came down to earth to die on a cross. Jesus Christ gave up everything for you and me. Jesús, que aunque era Dios, no se aferró a ser igual a Dios, más bien dejó esas cosas para venir y morir por nosotros. He gave it all up. And he did so, we need to understand, voluntarily, on purpose. Lo hizo voluntariamente. If you look with me at John 10, 18, Jesus says this, No one takes my life from me. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own Accord. Nadie me arrebata la vida, sino que yo la entrega por mi propia voluntad. He voluntarily gave up all of that 
to die on a cross for you and me, and now he's risen from the dead with new life. Él ha resucitado con nueva vida. And, and what he is asking of every follower of Christ is he's saying now, in light of the fact that I've given all for you and I live forever, if you want to experience the life I have, I'm calling you out of thankfulness, out of gratitude to die in a way. To let go of everything that you think gives you life so that you are now free to grab on to me. Yo te pido morir, es decir, soltar todo lo que piensas que te da vida para abrazarme a mí. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Parece una locura. Until you do what Paul did and you weigh everything on the scales. Hay que poner todo en la balanza. Here's the deal. Everything in our lives that we consider to be so valuable and important is temporary. It's all temporary. Todo lo que es valioso es temporal. Think about it. Money slips through your fingers, doesn't it? Power, pleasure, pleasure is a fleeting thing. Relationships, relationships don't last forever. Yes, they last a long time, but not forever. Achievements, who will remember in a hundred years that you graduated from high school or that you had this position or that? It's all temporary. El dinero, el poder, el placer, las relaciones, los logros, es temporal. It's what we consider penultimate, which means it's not quite ultimate. Es penúltimo. There's only one thing that is not temporary, that is eternal. One thing that is ultimate. There's only one thing we can have that we can carry from this life into the next life that will last forever, and that is a connection to the risen Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the one thing. Hay solo una cosa, una conexión con Cristo para siempre. You understand that when you weigh that on the scales. That's it. And Paul's saying, that's what I want. I want to know the resurrected Christ and the new life that he has, the forever life. Yo quiero conocer a Cristo resucitado. And so what am I doing? I'm pursuing, I'm learning how to hold all of this stuff loosely and to give it up. Estoy aprendiendo a dejar esto. A lot of it's good. Some of it's bad. My sins, my addictions, my failures, my hurt, my resentments, my anger. I'm learning how to let all of that go. Everything that is penultimate, I'm learning to release so that I can go after grabbing what is ultimate. I can grab on to Jesus who has grabbed on to me. Quiero aferrarme a Cristo quien se aferró a mí. In fact, that's what he says in verse 12. He says, not that I've already obtained all this. I haven't reached all of this yet. And I haven't been made perfect, but here's what I do. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Sigo adelante esperando alcanzar aquello para lo cual Cristo Jesús me alcanzó a mí. And he goes on, he says, I haven't attained it yet. I haven't taken hold of it all, but one thing I do. This is what my life is about. Una cosa hago. 
forgetting what is behind. That is, there's a process of letting it go. There's a process of holding it loose. There's a process of dying to that. I'm forgetting what is behind, and I am pressing on to what is ahead to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward, and the prize is Jesus. Yo suelto todo esto, olvido todo para seguir adelante y tener el, el, el premio del llamado celestial y el premio es Jesús. See, Paul understood what we call the deep mystery of the gospel message, the good news. Ese es el misterio. The mystery is this. When, when we recognize, like Jason said, that Jesus really died, he really rose. When we recognize the true reality and power of Jesus Christ who gave everything up for us, it is normal to do what the world considers crazy, to let everything go so that we can live and die for him. Es normal hacer lo que el mundo, que al mundo le parece loco, soltar todo para vivir y morir con Cristo. In fact, in Philippians 1.21, if you go back to that scripture, Paul says this, here's the deal, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Para mí el vivir es Cristo, el morir es ganancia. In other words, when I'm living, I'm not living for this stuff. This is not my life. When I live, I'm living for Christ. I have Christ now. And if I die, I have Christ. I have Christ now. I have Christ then. I can't lose. I've got it all. But I have to let that go. Yo tengo a Cristo. Ahora y para siempre no puedo perder. So here's, here's what we need to understand. And we often don't. We, we're so short-sighted. Everything and every, anything that we consider precious right now will not be ours forever. Someday the things that you most value, the most th important things in your life, they will be pride. If you hang on to them and squeeze them tight, they will be pride from your cold, dead fingers. You can't keep them. No puedes mantener esas cosas que aprietas tanto. ¿Por qué? Vas a morir. Your very life will be pride from you. And so it makes so much more sense to let go of that and grab onto what will last forever. as Jesus. There was another missionary out there by the name of Jim Elliott. Some of you know his story. Jim Elliott lived over 60 years ago. He died pretty much the same way John Allen Chow did. He was trying to preach Jesus to a, a dangerous Amazon tribe, and he was killed. Este hombre, Jim Elliott, fue matado cuando predicó a una tribu en el Amazonas hasta 60 años. And this is what he said. Think about this. He says, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. No es necio quien da lo que no puede mantener para obtener lo que no puede. That's not crazy. That's a good deal. Before John Allen Chow left for North Sentinel Island, he wrote his family a letter. Este muchacho John Chow escribió a su familia una carta. And in that letter, he basically said this, you may think I'm crazy for doing this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. Piensa que soy loco, pero vale la pena declarar a Jesús a estas personas. He says, it's not pointless what I'm doing. No es sin sentido. The eternal life of this tribe is at hand. 
And I can't wait someday to see them worshiping God around his throne in their own language. Ellos tienen la salvación a su mano y no puede esperar que estén alrededor del trono de Dios adorando a Dios. And then he closed his letter with this. He said, I love you. And I pray you love nothing more in this world than Jesus Christ. Los amo y espero que no amen a nada más en este mundo que Jesús. You see, John Chow put everything on the scales on one side and Jesus on the other. And when he weighed it, there was no comparison. Jesus was heavier for him. Jesús pesaba más para este hombre. Rachel Gilson is now a writer, and she also does campus ministry, telling other students about Jesus. Uh, Rachel Gilson ya eh, eh, hace ministerio en las universidades. And we look at her life, and some of us might think, you know, that, that Rachel really made a bad choice. How could Rachel give up her sexual preferences, something that is such a, an important part of her life? ¿Cómo que podría dar ella entregar sus preferencias sexuales? Well, that question was asked Rachel in an interview recently, and this is what she said. She said, it would be tragic to give up something more valuable for something less valuable. That would be tragic. Sería trágico entregar algo más valioso por algo menos valioso. And she says, it would be tragic to think that my sexuality is not important. It is important. It, it, it is something valuable. No es trágico, sería trágico pensar que mi sexualidad no, no tiene valor. But she said, here's the deal. Jesus is more. Jesus is more precious, more valuable, more wonderful than even that deep part of me because of his great love. Jesus is aún más precioso, más grande por su amor. And then she added in that interview, she says, you know, I just realized that what I'm saying right now, if you're not a Christian, that really sounds weird, doesn't it? Si no eres cristiano, parece una locura, ¿verdad? See, Rachel has weighed everything in her life over on one side. Jesus on the other. No comparison. Jesus wins. Jesús pesa más para esta muchacha. So this is what you and I face. Here's the deal. If Jesus Christ is a real person who really died, really rose, really offers us new, abundant, eternal life, then it is normal to do what is considered crazy. Si Jesús es real, es normal hacer lo loco. And that's why over the years, over the centuries, some Christians have been willing to leave their family and friends behind and travel hundreds of miles to different places in order to share Jesus with people, to leave behind the ones they love. Uh, unos cristianos han podido dejar a sus familiares para predicar a Jesús en otro lugar, and people go, wow, that's crazy. No, that's normal. I know because that's what I did 20 years ago. I love my family. I see them once a year. But you see, I love Jesus more. And he sent me here. And, he's, and I'm not the only one. Believe me, this is normal, okay? This is what Christians do. Eso es lo que hacen los cristianos. It's normal. 
for, for Christians to take their, you know, significant amounts of their resources, their money and, and their time and everything, and to set it aside and to give significant quantities of their income to the cause of the church and the kingdom of God, even 10%, even more. It's normal for Christians to do that. And some people think that's crazy. And no mal que los cristianos pongan al lado hasta 10 o más por ciento de sus ingresos para donarle a la iglesia y su reino. It's normal. Is normal for Christians to want to be into God's word every single day and even to read the entire word of God in a year or two years and then to turn around and do it again like some of you are doing, right? That's normal. Let's set the bar and say that's normal because it's normal to love the word of God if you're a Christian. It's normal to read the Bible every day and to do it again. It's normal for Christians to give significantly of their service, to do things that other people don't want to do, like cleaning toilets for the poor, or washing feet, or holding the hands of dying people, or even being killed for their faith. That's all normal stuff when you're a Christian. Normal que los cristianos laven los pies, que limpien inodoros, que sostengan las manos de las personas que mueren. All that's normal. So the question I have for, for you this morning, and it's a question for me too, that I have to keep answering. What does full devotion to Jesus Christ look like for you? ¿Cómo se ve un compromiso total con Cristo en tu vida? It's going to look different for everybody. And yet it's going to be the same. What does it look like? There's an invitation from Jesus for each one of us to a daily, on-purpose, intentional, full-out yes to him every day. Jesús quiere que digamos sí a él completamente todos los días. And I want to invite you to take that. And we're coming to this table, the Lord's Supper, and really this table, a lot of what this table is about is accepting that Jesus Christ gave everything for us. Esta mesa significa que Jesús dio todo por nosotros. When you come and you eat of the bread and you eat of the cup, in a way you're saying, I accept that Jesus Christ gave up everything for me, his body and his blood. Yo acepto que Cristo dio su cuerpo y su sangre por mí. The other thing I think we're saying, when, you, when we partake of this, as we take in that bread, as we take in that cup, we're also saying this. Out of gratitude, out of thanks, not out of payment, but out of gratitude and thanks, I am committing to give my body and my blood for Jesus one day at a time. Al comer, estamos diciendo, yo por gratitud, por, 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 por agradecimiento, yo quiero dar todo mi cuerpo y mi sangre por Cristo también. No, como, como paga, no. O recompensa, es so it's really about saying I'm going to live in a crazy way for Jesus and crazy is my new normal lo loco es mi normal ser loco por Jesús would you pray with me let's pray together vamos a orar Jesus, none of us can compare with you. Nadie se puede comparar contigo. 
You are the best, like we just sang. You're our joy, our righteousness. And faith, faith is not just about sitting back and accepting some ideas. It's about leaning on you 100%. La fe no es solo aceptar ideas, es depender de ti 100%. Lord, we pray that you would hear our, our hearts right now. We confess that we have failed you we have wanted to live that life with just a little Jesus sprinkled on top. Perdónanos, Señor, por haber querido llevar esa vida con Jesús, sazonándola en vez de ser el centro. As best as we know how, Jesus, help us to lay everything at your feet, to surrender and to say, we want to know you. Gracias, Señor. We thank you for this meal, and we pray that we may partake of it in faith. Gracias por esta comida que podamos compartir en ella con fe. In Jesus' name we pray. In the nombre del Señor Jesús. Amen. So we come to remember what Jesus has done. And the scriptures tell us that the night before Jesus went to the cross, he was dining with his followers, the twelve, and he took bread in their presence, and he broke it. And he said to them, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Con sus discípulos, Jesús tomó el pan, lo partió, y les dijo, este pan es mi cuerpo quebrado por ustedes. Coman de esto en memoria de mí. We remember also that after they had eaten, Jesus took the cup, and when he had blessed it, he gave it to them saying, this cup is really the new covenant, the new agreement that I'm making with you in my blood. El bendijo la copa diciendo, esta copa es el nuevo pacto que hago con ustedes con mi sangre. Each time that you drink of it, do this, remembering me. Cada vez que beban de ella, háganlo en memoria de mí. So we come to remember that Jesus has given his body and blood for us, we come to have communion because Jesus has said, I'm with you to the end of the world. Tenemos comunión ahora con Cristo que dijo, estoy con ustedes hasta el fin del mundo. He's here by his spirit amongst his people. We come not only to remember and have communion with Jesus, but we come to look forward in hope. También miramos hacia adelante con esperanza because this meal is just a small taste of what we're after, the banquet of the kingdom of heaven. And we will know Christ in his resurrection fully. Esta comida también anticipa el banquete del reino de Dios cuando vamos a conocer a Cristo plenamente. And so we're eating, looking forward to what we do not yet have, pressing on to grab hold of that for which Jesus has grabbed a hold of us. Seguimos adelante para aferrarnos a lo cual Cristo se aferró a nosotros. I want to invite again all who have trusted in Christ, all who are leaning upon him, all who are saying, the best I know how I'm making a total commitment to come. And if you're not quite sure where you are today, it's okay to say, you know what, I, I want to think this through and work this through. In fact, in a few moments before we partake, I want to invite you to know we're going to have this station over here in the back corner open for prayer. You can pray on your own. 
if there's something you need to share with the Lord, or if you need somebody to pray with you, we'll have a couple of our uh, prayer team there to pray with you. Este lugar en el rincón está disponible para que oren y para que alguien más esté ahí para orar con ustedes también. So I want to invite our serving elders to come forward, and I'll give some instructions as they do that. I'm going to invite you to, as you come forward, to take of the bread and the cup and go back to your seats and hang on to those and use that time for meditation. Pueden agarrar del pan, de la copa, volver a sus sillones y después esperar a todos. And once everyone has been served, we will eat and drink together. Cuando todos ya hayan sido servidos, vamos a comer y beber juntos. So all things are ready. You may come as the Lord leads you. Vengan como les dirija el Señor.